Welcome to Hope Talks Podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. We would love your feedback and invite you to take a short, anonymous survey. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in today. And today I'm joined by Pastor Chris Cruz Osorio, our uh, pastor of student ministries. Pastor Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me today. It's great to have you. And today we're also joined by uh, David Samuel. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today. Pastor Chris is sitting in for Pastor Margaret today. David's here to share his testimony with us. So, uh, David, if you'd like to just start out telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up. Well, I'm from Mozambique. That's where I was born and where I grew up in Mozambique. My parents are from Congo. How long did you live in Mozambique, and what was it like growing up in Mozambique? Well, I lived there for 13 years, and it's very different. I mean, there's not much to do after. Like, when you go after school, you can just go outside and play with your friends and stuff. It's just, it's most just like it here. Uh-huh. It's most like here. But there's some difficulties and stuff that happens uh-huh. all the time, you know. Would you like to share about some of those? Yeah, so in Mozambique, it was more like we were a stranger there. Uh-huh. So we might be living there. I was born in there. My, all my siblings except my older brother. We were still count as a stranger. Uh-huh. And before that, my parents, they used to live in Congo. Uh, Kinshasa is, I think it's the capital. Uh-huh. They moved to Mozambique because of war. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. the war was, I don't know if you guys know about Hutsi and Hutu. It's from Rwanda. Uh-huh. The Rwanda genocide. Mm-hmm. I've heard about them. Yeah. yeah. So war between the two sides. And then I'm not an expert, but one of the sides move like they scatter around the world and most of them went to Congo and that's where when they went to Congo the other group that who was fighting with them followed them it was more like a genocide anyway. yeah. you know how genocide where you one part is trying to eliminate the mm-hmm. other group yeah. yeah so war broke out in there so right after my dad finished high school yeah high school when he was about uh-huh. to get his certi- I think he was a technical school uh-huh. he was about to get his mechanic certificate yeah, so he moved to Mozambique. And I was born there, but he, he moved with my sister, my older sister. I never mentioned this because she is deceased. Oh, when I was okay. in third grade, she was the oldest. And then my brother, Jonathan, who's right now 23, follows her. Mm-hmm. So both of them they were born in Congo. They moved to Mozambique. And I was born in there. We lived there. It was a normal life, like everyday normal life for everyone. That's what I <laughs> used to think. Mm-hmm. And we stayed there. My Parents start looking for opportunity to live because they were refugee, immigrants refugee in there, so they could not stay there longer. So we were received with the program called OIM. Uh, I don't remember the entire name, but the program is a program where they help. Is that Church World Service? Yeah, that's one part of it. Okay. The other part is like World and the UIN too is included in this program too. Yeah, it's including this program too. They help uh, immigrant refugee to settle. So they choose where we will be going, and we end up in the United States. Some people went to Europe, or France, Portugal, and other places. So that's why it was decided when we went 
that will be coming to the United States. But we'll still need to get the vaccine and all the preparation done before mm-hmm. we get here. And the vaccine we used to get in Nampula, where I was born, it was it's like a province in Mozambique. Mm-hmm. We used to get vaccine there and stuff, mm-hmm. but it expired after my sister passed away when I was in third grade. Yeah, when I was in third grade, my dad wasn't at home. He was like in another. It's like a small city, but far away, but still in Nampula, far away for work. So he was away. He got a call. He had to come back in the same day there. After that, we got super delay on the program to get here in the United States. And my dad was doing all he can, who he could to support us. Because since you're a refugee, it's not that easy for you to get a solid work job in Mozambique and to be able to sustain everyone. We were like six or seven people in a family, so it was very difficult. If he was the only one working, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. So we got delayed, and we stayed there for like years and years. And I, I ended up having more siblings, Ines, Divine, Israel. Moses was later super late. <laughs> <laughs> he was super late. Uh-huh. And Israel and the other. The house, we we first used to live in a refugee camp. A refugee camp still there in Lampula. And then we moved to the city because he wasn't great, the living condition there. It was, I don't know, whenever I go visit, when I used to go visit there, it was like, you know this movie where you see the air is so red? Mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's like dusty red. Yeah. Just the color of everything. It was strange to me when I used to visit there and I used to ask myself, is this where my parents used to live after they moved from Congo? But my grandparents, they're still in Congo. They're okay. Everyone is okay there. But one of my dad's sister passed away there a long time ago because of the war. So uh, say my, I, we have Ines, Divine Israel. We got super delay again because they had to start over everything because of the families increasing. They start over with all the documents and stuff. But my sister passed away when we already had Israel, everyone else, except Moses and Prosper. So she never got to see Moses and Prosper. Oh. Yeah. The living condition, we used to get <laughs> flood. It is rainy and sunny, but it, never, it doesn't stay consistent. Like it might say this part of the month will rain this year, but next year that would not be the case. <laughs> next year might be super hot or something like that. But when it's rainy, it's like a rain. It's a lot of water or everywhere. And the house there, it was very tight. You know, you might have a house here and just five meter you have another <laughs> five meter you have another house and a lot of houses, but you still have a way to walk into your house and stuff. So because of the how tight the house were, if it was raining, the water doesn't like goes everywhere. It's just you know the little spaces, all the water for everywhere just going in you know, a little spaces. So you just outside of your house, since we had a fence of concrete, yeah, concrete. I saw the house, like, there's just water, like a river, <laughs> because of the rain. And the water will go all the way down to, there was a river all the way down. The living conditions weren't great because people there used to take the trash and dump on the river. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good idea even to do right now, because 
if there's no rain to take all the trash, even if, that's not even great because if it, it might take the trash here, but it will end up somewhere else and it will like it will get black and something because all the trashes and stuff will be just stay floating there. Yeah. It was horrible. Yes. So tell us a little more about how the transition from there to the United States was like for you. Yeah. From there to the United States. I kind of still miss my friends and stuff, but it's very difficult to keep in touch with them. Even though I have a phone, I can always call them or something. But, you know, here in the United States, you got school from the morning till noon. And there, you not even half a day, the school hours, from 12 to 6 or from 6 to 12. That was the two school hours. The uh, one to... Uh, 6 to 12 was more like uh, here's middle school but there was primary school but that was from 6 to 12 from 12 to 6 p.m. like 6 to 12 that was a.m. 12 to 6 p.m. was secondary school so it was difficult to get used to it here because almost half the entire day you were at school so I mean it was kind of easier for me but my it was very difficult for my siblings most of the most of them they took a while to learn yeah. English. Yeah. I mean they still struggle a little bit. Yeah. And it took me like my first year when I got here, I used to live in Maryland and all my friends and classmates, I don't know why they think that wasn't a great idea. They put me with people who also don't speak English. Yeah. And they don't even speak my language too. Thanks to that I ended up learning Spanish and that was my first year of school. Yeah. It was like eighth grade. I was supposed to be on ninth grade, mm-hmm. but they put me on eighth grade because uh, you see, on high school, you yeah. you had to know yeah. what you're doing in high school. Yeah. So eighth grade, no English, yeah. only Spanish and Portuguese and Swahili and the other dialects in my country. Did y'all grow up going to a church, and what was that like? Yeah, church. We were tied with the church. Ever since my parents moved to Mozambique, he said he was like searching for church when he first got in Mozambique. We search for which church we fit in because you might say every church like we might pray the same God, but they have different way of doing things. Yeah, different expressions of yeah. worship. Yeah, yeah different yeah. expression. Yeah. So my dad ended up searching for church and church for almost months, and end, he ended up finding. The Church of the Nazarene. My yeah. grandparents, they were pastor. That's cool. Yeah, my on my on my mom's side, yeah. they were they they are pastor still right now oh. in Congo. My my dad was helping was sending money there so they can build a new church. Yeah. yeah. So we end up in Church of the Nazarene ever since in Mozambique, and it was a great church. It's almost the same as here, kind of. Oh. It was like daily help us with every kind of situation. And also, my parents had the uh, wedding. Yeah. Most of the people at the wedding were at the church. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the church in our, our neighbor in where we used to live. Yeah, so I grew up in a church, I would say. Yeah. yeah. That was the church part. And when we get here, too, in United States, we end up searching Church of the Nazarene. But where we used to live, it was a little bit far. And my parents, they have a car still. Yeah. Since we got here, we were like a couple months. 
they didn't have a car, so the church, the pastor himself <laughs> used to come to our house with his car and pick us up to church. Most of the time, he was like coming at my house, take half of us, <laughs> half of us, go to church, leave, leave them, and then come back, take the other half. Because yeah. we I a big family. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll say. Yeah. And my parents decided to move here from Maryland to Virginia because work. They were mm-hmm. working here, but they yeah. were living in Maryland. Yeah. So two hours away was stuff, yeah. So we ended up moving here and we ended up searching another church of the Nazareth. I mean, I think, I don't know, maybe we searched or we got Referral to here mm-hmm. uh-huh. by the pastor there because I remember he writing a call, a letter to Pastor Adrian here. Yeah, yeah that's how we end up going in this church. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing. Um, as you think about your journey, you know, going through the refugee camps, refugee programs, resettling the United States, and then moving from Maryland to Virginia, how have you seen God working in your life or in the lives of your family during that time? That's a question that has a of space, a lot, a lot of things that are, it's a really open ended question, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of story that I've seen. Is there any like one particular story that you like to share? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we, we were almost losing hope of moving out of Mozambique because it was taking too long till the, the part where, uh, you know, the time where Trump decided to close the border because of COVID. And we were still waiting to get out of the United yeah. States because it wasn't great. The situation, the work of my dad, it was all going down with him. So to say what I see, God, everything was almost on his control. To say what I see, God, on the, all the, those times, especially when my dad, he was almost losing hope, losing hope yeah. to get in here. But he ended up getting in contact with some people that it was like a coincidence. And we always thank God because of that, because if it wasn't for him, we would not even be, how can I say this? We, we will be still in Mozambique right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, some places, not just in Mozambique, in Africa, there's other places too. There's still witchcraft, right? Where I used to live, witchcraft was a lot with people, and it wasn't it wasn't common. But if people knew this person is a witchcraft, is a witchcraft practice, how do you say? Is a witch or something? It was more like you get exiled with it. So where we used to live, my dad and my mom, they always were the victim of witchcraft because my mom used to get sick a lot uh-huh. every now and then sick where she has to stay in bed all the time uh-huh. and most of the time was the neighbor because when we moved to Mozambique my dad had like he was making okay money he had like a car and stuff so people didn't like that our neighbor didn't like that so they just it, people already knew that these people were like kind of uh, suspicious the way they add the neighbors, some other neighbors and so we end up thinking that might be the case witchcraft that might be the case 
because my parents never got in contact with them. But somehow, they always curse to, well, to my parents in the back, and stuff bad happened all the time. Other people knew that they were witchcraft. So my, I don't know, um, thanks to God, my mom is still alive because yeah. it was her. She had, like, it's where your way of thinking, there's a lot you're thinking that it, it harms your body. It's kind of like anxiety. You get headaches, you get weak, yeah. and stuff like that. And sometimes you even even get skinnier. Yeah. Yeah, my mom used to suffer a lot of that all the time. All, it was always my mom. And it was tough, but we still always go to church, always pray every night, pray. Yeah, there was a lot, still, and still a lot in my family, yeah. pray, pray, pray. Because we never know what's going to happen yeah. every now and then. But the, thanks, one time we were in a plane, and to go to, from Nampula to Maputo to get vaccinated, and we had like a turbulence. I mean, the turbulence, it happens, but we almost had an accident with the play. So that would, be, that would I say also thanks to God because yeah. we ended up landing because it was very rainy and windy, so it was difficult. Yeah. I think I always said a lot. <laughs> I've driven a lot of places. Uh, yeah. What's it like? Growing up in a big family, close family, and anything you want to share about that? Yeah, growing up in a big family, you know, in Mozambique, parents, they will go to work. And who stay at home is the oldest, who takes care of the youngest. And after my sister passed away, she was the oldest, so she used to take care of all of us. And after she passed away, my older brother, who was supposed to take care of all of us, he doesn't stay one place. So there's no way he will stay at home with us yeah. and stuff like that. So he ended up like going out somewhere, play, and come back. Sometimes even the next day. Okay? He might go out, play, and end up sleeping. He was watching a movie in somebody else's house, sleep there, and forget that he has to go home. That's how my older brother... I think he already saw him, right? Mm-hmm. Saw him before. Jonathan, that's how he used to be. But I ended up being the one on eight years old or seven, taking care of Ines, Divine, Israel. It was tough because they always argue. You know, especially Ines and Israel. Every now and then they just fight, they argue. And it was like the sound of the morning. (laughs) The sound to wake up. Like because they always argue in our own yard, and they their neighbors already knew. Got just too much a mess, and sometimes I cannot even do my own things because of it. Yeah. And one time, my dad decided to take off chickens to sell at the market, so I was the one taking care of it, and I had to take care of my siblings it's because my dad is at work. And most of the time, my mom was sick, or my mom... Yeah, most of the time, my mom was sick, or if my dad's not at work, maybe my dad and my mom went somewhere to take care of some stuff. Yeah, so it was tough taking care of siblings. Sometimes I... <laughs> some, it is awful to think this, but sometimes I end up wishing that I was at least the youngest or something. <laughs> sometimes I wish I was the youngest, 
someone else has to take care of these people. Yeah. 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 Even right now, it's still yeah. difficult because they yeah. still argue. Uh-huh. English, not great. If I'm not at home, <laughs> they cannot help my parents with letters and stuff. Yeah. They get a mail. Yeah. Yeah. David, recently you got baptized. So if you'd like to share about that and what led to that decision, you decided you wanted to get baptized. Well, I decided to get baptized a long time ago, even since I was in Mozambique. I asked my dad one time. I saw a girl. I think, I think she was, I think she was twelve. By that time, I think I was eleven, or even twelve too. I think she was twelve, and she was tall. She was super tall. <laughs> one time, she she went to get baptized, and the water was like here. So the water it was very deep, but she was uh, was the end of the water was only here above above her waist high. Yeah. So when I saw that, I asked my dad, "I want to get baptized." That was only because I saw somebody else getting baptized, and I say I want to get baptized. And I asked my dad if, if asked my dad that I want to get baptized in that church, maybe the same year. Yeah, and my dad said, "You you're still young." That's what he told me. You still young. You still don't know what you say. <laughs> and I asked, I told him, "What do you mean I'm still young?" Because that girl here is the same. It's just me, and <laughs> she's getting better. I was confused by that time, but ever since then, when we got here in the United States, my mom see people getting baptized and stuff, and she always tell me to get baptized. <laughs> Always tell me to get baptized. They ask me why. What am I waiting for to get baptized and stuff like that? And I always say that since then, I I decided to baptize when I'm an adult age. I mean, here even even there, adult ages eighteen yeah. and up. So that's why when I say that after being eighteen, that's when I'm going to get baptized because by then I want to change the way I live. Yeah. That's what I decided. On. Because I was born in a Christian family, so yeah. I was already involved with Christianity mm-hmm. and stuff. So to say what changed about me is just trying to avoid stuff, avoid doing stuff bad, avoid talking bad to people, avoid saying bad stuff behind someone else. That's why I decided to get back to by 18, yeah. where I have more responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just mm-hmm. trying to live on the hands of God. I, I, it sounds like I didn't have much of a decision there, but that's what happened yeah. with my decision to get baptized soon after 18. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's good. And we believe that, you know, as we grow closer to God, you know, God grows closer to us and that when we accept Christ and when we let the Holy Spirit work in our lives, we're transformed from the inside out. So, like, we become more like Christ. And so it's like, you know, we're talking about avoiding certain practices and growing closer to God. And so part of that's just like, as we become more like Christ, we're kinder. So that means we're less mean to other people or we say less rude things or talk behind people's backs. And, and so, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Is there anything else about your testimony um, that you would like to share that we haven't asked you already or that you haven't shared already, David? Yeah, there's one time. I was at school. I was in third grade, maybe fifth. I don't remember which one. And we used to walk to school. It wasn't mm-hmm. that far, but it wasn't that close. Mm-hmm. We used to. Uh, that was when I was like in um, primary school. 
And one time I was coming back from school by noon, and walking down the, there was like a football field, soccer mm-hmm. field, and I was walking down. I saw smoke all the way down there. There was like smoke, and I thought maybe there's somebody just burning trash or somebody's. There was a rally or something. I don't know. Maybe it was like wheel of a car mm-hmm. that burned because it was like a very big smoke. And when I was getting closer, I saw my mom on the uh, soccer field. She was with my brother uh, Israel, carrying Israel and Divine on her head. She was like running to take Divine to and Israel too. This was we had like somebody who we knew a little bit far out from where we used to live. So she was taking the child there and asked her what's going on, what's going on, and she told me that. Uh, it wasn't she divined the one who told me that the house is on fire. Yeah, she divined told me the house is on fire. And I ended up going with my mom too to where we were going. So we never knew what caused the fire at my house. It was at my, it was at my house, yeah. We never knew what caused the fire because my brother Jonathan was supposed to stay at home with the kids. My mom and dad was, were at home, were not at home. And he left. I don't know where he went. He left, and Divine and Israel were still at home. So we don't know how the fire happened and stuff, but luckily they were rescued sooner. We had a neighbor who ended up opened the ceiling of the house and took the kid. He burned down everything, like every mobile stuff, every furniture, it burned down. The only thing was left was the ceiling, uh, f- freezer, 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 yeah, freezer, and yeah, that was the only in the ceiling, <laughs> the house, the wall, freezer. That was the only thing left. Everything was burned down. So thank God nobody, was, nobody yeah. was hurt yeah. because it was very bad. We ended up living in a couple months in. I treated them like a cousin because they were super. Their parents were super close with my parents. So we ended up living in their house for like a month. But my dad was still staying at the house that burned down to rebuild it. He ended up rebuilding the house himself. Wow. Yeah. And most of the time I ended up coming by to help him and stuff like that. Yeah, that was that was her time. The walls were still solid, great. But after they burned down, the old house started sinking. The place where we used to live was very moist, uh-huh. the ground, because of the rain and the river was closed. So the house there sink. Uh-huh. So we ended up staying there helping my parents. But the house, we were guaranteed if we, we built the house, it won't last long. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing, David. And uh, thank you for joining us on Hope Talks today. And uh Just in closing, and maybe you've shared this already, so maybe you don't have anything else to add, but since we call this program Hope Talks, what gives you hope today? Now, thinking about your story, your journey, the difficult situations you've been in, and maybe like someone's listening today to your story and is might be going through a difficult situation in their life, like what's something, like where's hope in this? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing as what you just said. It might just not happen with my family. It happens with most people. So no matter what you're going through, God can help you through it, right? Yeah. And most of the time you have to believe. <laughs> yeah, you have to believe. Yeah. And 
we were super tired. Yeah. We praying every single day, and kind of most of the time it was like every single day. But right now it's not every single day because my dad was the one who was calling us. I'll say yeah, calling us to pray every now and then. We can dance a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'd say just keep praying. Yeah, keep yeah. praying. Yeah. Listen to people. See yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Try to get engaged with some yeah. people and helping people. Yeah. Does a lot. Yeah. Even just talking. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, scripture tells us that God works all things for the right. good of those who love God. Right. And so we can see that in your story. Right. And so maybe even if like when we're having difficult situations, we don't understand why the right. things that are happening are happening the way they're happening or why God will let something negative or bad happen to us you know our faith causes us to believe and to trust that although we don't understand god is working all things for our good yeah, yeah. i used to ask myself why is this happening yeah, yeah. yeah. he has our best interest in mind even though hard things we might not understand at times but we just need to trust him and continue to pray and i know your testimony today has brought me hope david yeah. so thank you for sharing that and i pray a blessing over you and your family just uh, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for joining us also, Pastor Chris. It's been great to have both of you. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard David Samuel's testimony today, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.